Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters, and this is the first one of our one-off episodes. I like to call it Problem Solvers. And there is a problem that um, Adam Michaud, who's been on the show before, um, we were speaking and, and he was he was talking about how um, he's solving a, a business problem. And I thought, you know what, that would be a great thing to have on the podcast. And uh, we're several episodes ahead. And, and I think this is a problem that some business owners actually have and they need you know, relatively immediately. So I thought maybe let's slip in an extra episode, right? Yeah. And so maybe from time to time we'll do this when we come up with a solution for a problem that's, you know, fairly immediate. And so this one is for people who are either building a building, right? Like they're actually building a facility or maybe modifying something. And then what they're making either doesn't exist on the map or... And we're talking about like Google Maps, right? Correct. Um, either it doesn't exist on the map or what's on the map is now incorrect. And yes. you have a solution for this. So why don't you talk about the solution? Yes, I do. And so new housing areas that are going up um, and buildings, you know, commercial buildings that are going up, um, they're not going to be on the map for a couple of years. So when people are trying to find these houses on Google or find these businesses on Google, they're either going to see like an empty field, they're going to see you know, just dirt and some skeletons of buildings, you know, being put up. And that makes it hard for people to navigate around. Yeah, or and they it, might not show up at all. Exactly. Right? They'll be like, well, this place doesn't exist. Yeah. And they'll right. just be like, you know, what's this all about? And there'll be like this phantom of a um, a road in there, um, but nothing else. And so uh, what I do with that, and it's something that Google is investing money in also, is that you can actually update those maps uh, via drone mapping. And it is something that is part of what I already do for industrial facilities um, via uh, pile monitoring, meaning we, um, I fly over these uh, piles or facilities and we monitor like wood chips, salt, dirt, and so that way they know how much they have. Right. Well, let's come back to that in a sec. But talking about the actual map itself, so there was a field. I put a building in it. I hire you to fix this. What happens from there? Uh, well, from there, I actually figure out uh, the uh, property that needs to be scanned. Sometimes there is already existing roads where um, sometimes you had a field um, that was just surrounded by roadways, say like South Hillsboro is you know, a good example. And so then I figure out what areas need to be added according to whatever's being built. Sometimes it's a whole neighborhood like out there or sometimes like um, a building that I'm working on right now. It's just it was a small part of a, you know, an empty lot that was all just grass. Now there's a building going up. And if you actually look it up on Google Maps, you'll see dirt construction and you'll see part of the building up, but not much else. And so that's what that business is going to have to live through for the next couple of years until the satellite goes over, but I can actually update that very quickly and get that submitted. Right. So then um, they hire you, you come out, you get whatever licensing, permitting, whatever you need to get that done, depending where it is, right? If it's near an airport or whatever. So you go up, take your photos, right? That mm -hmm. are, they're not satellite photos in quotes, right? But they're from above, right? Above ground photos or mm -hmm. aerial photos, I guess, right? Yes, aerial and photos. And then... You have a process to submit that to Google, right? And how long from that point does it usually take them? I know it's probably a range, but... 
it is range. And, um, you know, it's not like I'm just going up and doing a photo or two. And, and actually the drone imaging is higher resolution than what Google gets with the satellites um, because it's at a lower altitude and I'm working within the um, the uh, more within the constraints of that lens that close to the ground where if you, you know, dealing with the satellites, those are hundreds of miles up, right. um, which is why when you do the 3D, it looks like the build, side of the buildings are melting. It's because they're doing it from so high and, you know, just one inch over at, you know, 100 miles, you still don't get the, the facade of the right, building. You don't get the detail. Right? Correct. But with a, a drone, depending on um, the overlap of the map tiles that I collect, um, I can actually, using the um, kind of the peripheral of the, the lens, actually get more of the side of the buildings and higher detail. Now, if somebody wanted something higher detail than that, where they actually want like a 3D model, that actually is possible too with the drones. Right. So you can 3D model a building and that would go into like Google Earth or something like that? Correct. Um, so, I mean, that's fantastic. And I mean, that's a problem that we, we deal with map problems all the time. Um, if anybody's aware, there's been a lot of changes to Google My Business, which is how businesses get put on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, if they weren't automatically put on the map by some other kind of software or something in the past. Um, but that um, they need proof if a listing gets suspended or for some reason gets flagged. Mm-hmm. And so a, an example of that would be the building doesn't exist on the map, but you have a business there and Google goes, well, there's no building there. So I'm not going to approve your listing. And then you need proof. Well, <laughs> drone photos are for starters are good proof. Cause you could see the buildings next to it that used to be there. Right. And here's what's there now. And also getting photography of, you know, if they have their logo on the building or their name is on the business, it depends on the size of the building, obviously. Um, so those things can be used to get your map listing approved or if it's been suspended or blocked or something, then you can get it approved. And uh, you did you touched briefly on uh, pile mapping, I think you called it. So I, Pile I, monitoring. Pa- pile monitoring. So there's a couple other things you can do with drones during construction. Mm-hmm. One of those pile monitoring, um, which um, at a very basic level is you can show the size of a pile of dirt or rocks or gravel or whatever it is. And with a little bit of math, they can figure out how much they have. And if that's enough for the project that they need done, that way they can order more if they need it ahead of time or something. Um, But you also were talking about the other reasons you would kind of um, come in and take drone footage regularly while a building is being built. You want to talk about that a little bit? Cause I think that's, a solution for a real, uh, real world problem that business owners have uh, often when they're building. Yeah, um, some of the other things that drones are being used for is they're um, being used instead of uh, traditional survey teams. And I was actually reading something from uh, one of the big um, uh, drone companies that um, pushes for a lot of these things, and they also do a lot of research and gather data on what's actually being done with drones. And the one that I read recently is that the um, there's a another upscale version of the drone that I use that actually has a very very specific and very precise GPS monitoring system. It's ridiculously uh, ridiculously expensive, but it the data that it collects is so much more 
detailed than a traditional survey team, which a a survey team to do an area like South Hillsboro, that may take them a couple weeks and then a couple weeks to crunch that data and put it into something that somebody else can use. And so now a month's already gone by. Um, and when you do it with a drone, um, particularly like the, um, D- the DJI um, Phantom 4 RTK um, version, um, a traditional survey team um, will get a – they have a variance of like about 3 centimeters horizontal and 9 centimeters um, vertical. Um, with this system, you can actually get within uh, 1.5 centimeters horizontal and 2 centimeters vertical. Right. So it's – Considerably, eighty like percent more accurate. Correct, and my math is correct. I'm not a surveyor, so. Um, and depending on the area, you can actually gather that data uh, considerably quicker. So, like, let's say you're doing a, um, say, a ten acre plot. Um, you can do that with a drone in about ten minutes. Right. And then once you get back, because all that data is data, all you got to do is just um, put it into whatever format you need to, and you're done. Send it off, so it can save weeks or months of time correct and so that way you can react much quickly and so on um, construction sites when they're dealing with grading um, the area around it um, around a building or they need to flatten it you'll get much more accurate data instantaneously like within a day versus like weeks or months and so that's why building projects take so long right so another thing that you had talked about in a uh, you had done a building in Portland here, and I think you just did one in Seattle too. Um, but it was like you go in when they're starting the project to build it and film it with the drone, and then they start building, and you film it with the drone again, and then they build more, and you film it with the drone again. Why would someone want to keep refilming the building while it's being built? Uh, well, it's not filming. It's actually um, it's still doing a map mission. And so I'm creating, a, you know, essentially map tiles and uh, gathering data. And it is actually 3D data is what I'm okay. collecting. And so by collecting that, they it's called site documentation is what, okay. uh, what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is I'm documenting what's going on on that work site. Um, and so when you do that, you actually see what is going on. And so you can see what materials are being used, where it was uh, stored. Um, and so if you have anything that's hazardous or if you have a certain amount of steel delivered, you know how quickly you were going through that. And when you're building the building, you can actually get a um, – depending on how the building is built and, built and the construction of it, um, you can also get a status from that. And so you know how quickly your building is being built. And uh, right. so that's a good way for not only um, doing uh, process management, like looking after all your materials and seeing, making sure that your contractors and subs are doing what they're supposed to be and they're following the rules, but it's also good legal-wise. And um, my wife works for um, a, uh, a law firm that had actually talked to me about this um, as something going forward that they should probably be doing is then you can also track – the contractors and the subs more on a legal level to make sure that they did the right things. And so if there's an issue with the building, they can go back through this data and say, well, they said they were using this type of, you know, whatever, or they had this much, but we're looking at these photos and that's not, you know, that's not correct. Or they could actually see the problem in process where they started building a section like, wait a minute, why were they doing this? And these large building projects, the delays and the legal issues are, are kind of what soak up all the money, 
right? That's how you go from a profitable project to a way over budget, not profitable project, right? Yeah. And in some of them just, I can't say the specifically which ones, but I've, I've heard of some right. where just a, a problem with glass in the building caused a issue with environmental system and to fix all these things was a $30 million mistake right. because they spec'd things wrong. But they could have caught that if they got the data during the building of the project. And also it, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do this, right? Like how long does it take to go out and, and uh, with your drone to remap a project as it's being done? Uh, well, like I was saying, it, it's about it, depending on the resolution, because as the building goes up, you have to get at a, you know, a higher level. And depending what detail you want to get, um, it can be anywhere from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. So it's something you could do whenever, right? I mean, it's not going to stop the production of the building. No. If somebody, I mean, we have a lot of listeners who are outside of the Portland metro area, you know, maybe outside of Oregon and Washington, and they want to hire a drone pilot if they're in Canada, they're on the East Coast, whatever, they're in the Midwest. What do you think people need to look, I know there's some licensing and stuff that people need to look at. So what are the things that somebody, what are the questions a business owner needs to ask about someone who's going to do a project like this for them? The, the first thing is uh, determining what kind of data. If there's any kind of pile monitoring, you're going to need um, um, a company that deals with that. And I work with one, um, so I, I hand the stuff off to them. They're a company of engineers that deal with drone stuff, and okay. it's called AeroVent. And they, um, they actually will process that data. Um, as it comes to you know finding a drone pilot, sometimes you can find some locally. Sometimes there's, um, you can hire Drone Hive, and they'll find them for you. The things that they go through is they make sure that pilot is actually Part 107 certified because it's commercial work. And um, as the FAA defines commercial work is anything that furthers a business. It doesn't matter if you're promoting a business or your business at the same time. Like if you're doing a video and you're saying, hey, this was done by my company for this company. I'm sorry, that's still Part 107, even if no money exchanged hands because you're both are benefiting from that. And you know from doing social media that – they're going to get likes. They're going to get hits. And so people are going to start noticing them. So that's what the FAA says. Uh-uh. Right. You need a, a Part 107. And so also part having a Part 107 is a license? It's a certification, certification. That, that says that you understand how to under, how to fly in restricted zones, understand how to work in the airspace, and also understand ground rules, literally, and everything else to operate safely. Because if that drone goes down... There are serious issues if it strikes somebody. Right. If it's, These are bigger drones. They're not like little – I've seen – I mean the, the one that you're using is the size of this table, right? Pretty big, right? Yeah, my mapping one is a, a little bit smaller. But still, I mean I was watching a video where they actually launched one of those at an aircraft wing at the speed that that aircraft would actually come into contact right. with it. And it shredded the wing. It's it's I plastic, it. but when it's traveling a few See hundred that when miles – when they hit birds and stuff, you know, and yeah. it like puts a hole in the wing? Birds aren't made out of, you know, carbon fiber. <laughs> Correct. So, okay, so the, somebody needs to look. They need to make sure that they have a good data analysis partner if they're going to be doing pile mapping or something like that. They need to be FAA certified, right? What's the certification called again? It's Part 107. Part 107. And then is there any other licenses? Maybe is there local licensing or something that they need to get done also? Is that pretty much it? Um, there isn't any local licenses. The big thing is making sure that they are insured, okay, um, yeah. that their drone is also registered. Because there are fines for that too. If you hire somebody that's not registered, like saying, "Well, my you know my friend's kid just got a drone. I'll just have them do it." Well, no, you right. shouldn't. 
for a lot of legal reasons, and especially they're going to be working on a construction site. Most construction sites will not allow anybody under 18 to be there. And there's also regulations that you have to go through because of OSHA, too. So if you are hiring somebody, make sure they have a Part 107. Two, make sure that they're accustomed to working on construction sites because if they create an unsafe environment, that's going to wreak hell on their whoever uh, businesses or uh, the contractor's insurance. And well, make and sure that a, they're experienced at doing this, that they just don't go, right. yeah, sure, I've heard I can do that, so I'll just do it for you. That's not – So make sure that they have – show they can show that they've done that kind of work before. Correct. It's also in comparison to like a liability lawsuit or something on a construction yeah. site, getting someone to – who's an experienced drone pilot versus not experienced is probably the equivalent of two or three minutes of your actual construction time cost, right? I mean it's yeah. it's absolutely minimal. So – that's fantastic. And if uh, somebody is in – and you mostly work from Seattle to kind of like the north end of California and through like Portland and Oregon. Yeah, I guess I'd, it depends I'd, how big the project is, right? Yeah, I'll go within about about a two to 300-mile radius. It depends on the job. Like if we're talking like you wanted me to do something you know, kind right, of major. Right, for a construction project or something, yeah. right? Okay, so uh, if somebody needs to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Um, well, you can get a hold of me at uh, adam at newworldindustries.com. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me, and you know that way you can kind of give me an idea of what you're doing, and and I'll see if I can do it. And if I can't do it, I'll find somebody that can, um, especially if you want to do like thermal scans. I'm, I'm just starting to get into that one. Those are other certifications too that are quite expensive, so it's it's more of like the, the value proposition at this point. Okay. All right, perfect, and uh, thanks for the information. I think that's really going to help some people out. All right, thank you very much.